Yo, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, beautiful people of the internet. Welcome back to the channel, and welcome to my new series I'm calling Inside the Life Of. This is going to be a long-form conversation series in which I'm going to be talking to your favorite athletes and individuals in the space about their lives, about obviously like everything to do with their competitor side, but also a lot of things that you may not know about them, things I may not know about them, that I want to know, things about general life. This first episode is with the one and only Danny Spiegel. As you may or may not know, this was actually originally going to be a Day in the Life episode, um, but it ended up working out beautifully for her to be the first guest on this show. I'm going to explain at the beginning of the show why that's the case with Danny. Um, so you'll see in 10 seconds. But be sure, guys, if you aren't already, if you're new to the channel, if you enjoy the content I'm putting out, go down, hit that subscribe button. I can't tell you how much it helps out the channel and will help me to continue to create content for you guys. Without any further ado, the first episode of Inside the Life of with the one and only Danny Spiegel. And all of a sudden I had a notification that I had $500 in my Venmo. And I was like, I was like, hmm. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I like turned to Alex and I was like, I'm gonna need you to take a picture of my feet. My name is Nate and I have a creative void that I'm looking to fill. And this is how I plan to do it. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. You see the drippy, I'm fitted up. Hop in my car in the giddy up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the bug. You guys might have seen him on our vlog. His name is Nate Edwards. Hop in my car in the giddy up. Secure the bag, yeah, I get the bug. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. I've been on the flex since flex zone. Neighborhood all in your eardrums. I ain't never scared like bone crush. Boy, I got God, don't fear none. My line busy, take no calls. Feels like my. See that? See that gap? See that gap in the middle there? Um, this is me editing. This is future Nate. Um, there was five minutes at the beginning of the conversation where Dan and I addressed why we're doing an interview and not the day in the life video. Um, but the first five minutes, the, there was some problems, technical issues, we'll call it. I'm still learning with this. Uh, I'm going to be improving the interview setup as we go. But uh, let me just quickly, quickly. So essentially what happened was I flew across the country to go shoot a day in the life video with Danny. I flew six hours. I got to where my connecting flight was only to have my connecting flight to Danny canceled and to not be able to be rescheduled until it was too late to, for me to, to go see Danny. So we made lemonade out of lemons and I wanted to start this interview series anyways. Danny was the perfect first guest, so we decided to do this. This does not mean that I will never be doing a day in the life of Danny. We've already rescheduled, it's happening 2020, but this, I wanted to start this anyways and it just made sense. So yeah, that was the first like five minutes of the podcast that, that, I, that I missed out on, but uh, we're jumping back in right now. So I'm filling the gap and there we go. So was it an immediate jump to competing though? Because like, like, what was, was there like you just went to like regular classes for a bit and then decided you wanted to compete, or was it like instantly you were into the competition side? It was pretty much instantaneous. I did my first competition was like a really really small local competition called Festivus Games. I guess. Oh yeah. So I did that. I think about three months after joining my first class, and then I did. Danny Camargo's uh, the gauntlet competition like over here in Florida and then I just started I did crush games I just started like building and building and building and then in 2017 I did team regionals and then after that I decided that I wanted to go ahead and like really get competitive and I did individual regionals and then the year after that is when regionals went away and I was like oh no like I, just everybody like oh no like what am I gonna do and then the sanctionals came out in right. the year that I went to the game. So it was actually, it was cool. It was a cool transition. Yeah. Um, we got in one regional experience before they, they disappeared, but I do like the setup. 
now. Right. The regional, yeah. What What was it like, like coming up so quickly? I mean, I'm sure you're still going through it, but like, what What was it like coming up so quickly and going from like, you know, you said your first two regionals, and then all of a sudden, like, boom, games, and now you're very well known in the space. And what was What was that process all like? It's a bit surreal. It was kind of, uh, it just like seemed everything was like in fast forward mode. I was just, you know, just yesterday I was terrified to get out onto the floor at regionals. Now I, I feel more confident, like going to these sanctioned events, uh, confident that I'll do better at the games. So it was, it was a bit of a shock, uh, to be honest with you. I knew from very early on that I wanted to do this at a competitive level and that I could be good at it. Honestly, I knew genetically. I had really good genetics for CrossFit. I was right around the right height. I was just naturally strong. I had the gymnastics background, which gave me body awareness, which you need for a lot of the Olympic lifts and just for a lot of the odd object stuff that happens in CrossFit. So I had a hunch that I could be pretty good, but to excel as quick as I did was a shock to myself as well. But it really just came down to after my team regionals and really after my individual regionals, I was like, there are some changes I'm gonna need to make. I can't just rely on natural talent anymore. Like I need to get my nutrition under control. I need to actually have a coach who's programming for me. Cause when I was programming for myself, I was like, oh yeah, heavy snatches every day. No, I don't wanna do that running quad. I'll break muscle next week. And so it, changing a couple things like that really kind of boosted the progress, but it's amazing those little tweaks and changes to to uh, your regular routine will like the dramatic effect they'll have. But yeah, overall it was super fast and I guess still it's still shocking to me. I'm still kind of like in like ooh, like, wow. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. yeah, no, I totally get it. It's funny like when things happen quickly you find yourself just like it's life every day is just every day and so it doesn't feel crazy until you sit and think about it or talk about it and then you're like whoa you know what I mean? exactly like day to day things don't seem to be changing all that much but if i really like sat down was like wow like four years ago my life was completely different i was you know in school getting a marine biology degree and my plan was to go and spend you know half a year on a research vessel and just like not even be on land right <laughs> now it just like <laughs> completely turns so it's cool it's very funny to think about yeah i hear it so i mean in that time you kind of touched on them and they're things i want to get into but you said like coach and nutrition were the two that stood out so obviously when you see, saw that you were excelling and you needed to make those changes where did you go who did you find what are you doing now coaching nutrition wise so when I did team regionals, one of my teammates actually uh, became my boyfriend, who became my coach, who became nutritionist, became just kind of everything. Oh, cool. So it really blossomed uh, from there. After team regionals, I went to him, and at the time he was dabbling in a lot of different programs. Uh, he wanted to just see what everybody was doing and create his own program. So at the time when we were doing team regionals, we all followed uh, the Mayhem programming, what's Rich doing? And so from there, I was like, hey, I know team regionals over, but I kind of just like start training with you like on a regular basis. And he like, of course, said yes. And then after that, uh, you know, we started actually, we started like dating. And then from there, I like, sat down with him and I was like, I want to really excel at this, but I know I need more specific training and help. So from there, we devised you know, a coaching plan, nutrition plan, and then that's all she wrote. So we yeah. just kind of, it, it bloomed naturally. Right, right. How's, how's that? That's, 
I've had that conversation a couple times because I've run into it a few times with some of the athletes I've done the series with, but like that, that relationship, that's interesting. I coached for like six years and like when my girlfriend started CrossFit, if I ever gave her a cue ever, she wouldn't talk to me for like three days. So like, how does, how does that situation balance? It's very much like that. <laughs> okay. Kind of like suck up and like kind of get over. Um, Alex, uh, that's that's boyfriend coach. He uh, he takes the beating from me like pretty much every week. Uh, it's hard because you have that fine line where if it was just you know if he was just my coach, there was like a certain level where you know you can't the line you can't cross. You can't just like uh, you can't you know for lack of something more eloquent, you can't just tell him to fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> just, for like, sure. Get out of my face. So having him there, I've, there's a, a natural just comfortability where you can just be a little bit more expressive. So he does get, you know, like I'm in his face like all the time and he just knows like, oh, okay. But it's funny because like if I'm doing a workout, especially if it's like an open workout or something for a qualifier, anybody and everybody else can cheer me on. But if Alex has one thing to me, I like, I just, shut up, I'm trying. <laughs> something so encouraging. Like, hey, like, let's go. Like, hey, like, come on with my 10 more seconds. I'm like, I know. I can see the fucking clock. <laughs> it's like, but if anybody else said that to me, you'd be like, thanks, like, I'm going hard. Like, so it's, um, it's difficult for sure uh, to find that line. But it's also great because he knows me better than anyone. He knows when... I maybe need to take a morning off because I had a really rough session because he also is my training partner. I know a lot of coaches will sit there and just watch their athletes and they'll watch their workouts and they'll critique, but Alex is in there doing every single workout with me every single day. So he knows probably better than a lot of coaches how my body's actually feeling. So he adjusts programming based on that. He knows when I've had a late night and I might need to take a morning off. So it's good in that aspect. Absolutely, but definitely at each other's. Uh, I can't even say at each other's because he's like wonderful. He just yeah. like, get away with so much shit, but it's me. He's just protecting so his throat, throat the whole time. The, yeah. yeah, he's just like, hey, we're gonna do this cardio session this morning, and just kind of like he's like yelling it from across the gym, so I don't have a chance to like yell at him. <laughs> so he's like, hey. so that's how that goes. That's funny. <laughs> What is, what is like the general like structure of your training? Like, are you biased in one way or the other? Like what's kind of the flow day to day? Um, personally biased, like I always am happy when I see a heavy barbell, heavy dumbbell, awesome. heavy sandbag. I'm like, okay, perfect. Uh, but don't get that um, all the time anymore. So a big shift is like a lot of longer cardio sessions. Uh, just has always been a weakness of mine. I grew up doing explosive sports. I grew up doing sprints and track and gymnastics like the most that I ever ran really was the vault runway or like a tumbling pass so it was like the sprints were always going to be something that was great for me but I didn't grow up playing soccer where maybe in a game you ran three four miles total so the longer endurance of running events have always been you know a big weakness of mine uh, so incorporating that more and more uh, we're doing like Thursdays active recovery did a long swim session this morning, doing long runs, um, doing second session, big cardio things, Saturdays. So those have been definitely incorporated a lot more uh, ever since, um, well, for the past year, but definitely after the games. It was a big, a big change. But. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, do you find, though, that like when when the programming is 
so close to home, like having your boyfriend doing it, do you ever, is it harder for you to like do all those things that you really don't want to do? Cause you're kind of like right there with him while he's programming and there's influence. Like, does that ever come into play at all? In a way it definitely does, but it's so hard to be like, Oh, I don't want to do this when he's also doing it. It'd be one right. thing if he was like writing out this program and being like, okay, like go do this. Uh, I'm going to watch you just mm-hmm. while I sit here and like take notes. I think I, <laughs> I think I would struggle with it a lot more, but he's like writing up this like grueling stuff. And then he's also, you know, strapping up his laces the same as I am. So it's more difficult to get, be mad at him in that aspect. Right. But a lot of my strengths are his weaknesses and vice versa. So he's got an engine. So swimming, long running, bike, skier, all those things that, I necessarily do not love he's really good at and if there's one thing like I can gracefully uh, you know lose a wad to a lot of people but not Alex <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the, it's almost like better because I'm so competitive with him that the things that he's better at he just pushes me to get better so in a way it kind of comes up like I will like you know 6 30 in the morning and uh he wants me to do three miles of intervals on the air runner i'll throw some attitude but <laughs> he's doing it with me so i do it right and you're not gonna lose to I, him so you really do it oh i lose <laughs> <laughs> i do but i try so hard not to um but there are some like there's like a cardio thing mixed with a heavy barbell like i uh, i'll really like go for it but running intervals biking intervals i just like I keep telling myself like one day I'll be in. Yeah. <laughs> one day I'll one day I'll get it. So it's like one of those things. Yeah. What 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 about the nutrition side? What does that look like? Like is he you said he's doing your nutrition too, right? Yeah, so he does my like macros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's pretty much like he helps me, you know, carb cycle, like when there's like lower intensity days. So he's taught me a lot about that. Um, he's not you know, overbearing on that side at all. I think he, he, he's too smart to like really try to like get under my skin on that aspect as well. I don't think our relationship would take it if he was like, like put that cheese down. <laughs> Listen, buddy. So he, he just like, he is a background almost just like, here are your numbers. Like if you want to do well, you know what you have to do. So mm-hmm. I'm giving you the foundation to succeed. It's mm-hmm. up to you from that point on, which I think works for me uh, in a lot of aspects. And he keeps me like on track uh, when we travel. Like, that's how that's how he really like keeps me on track. He motivates me not to maybe just do the quick, you know, restaurant type of meal, but we go to a grocery store and we you know, create our own little uh, deconstructed meal of some sort to where I can like easily log it, easily track. So he helps a lot in that way. But like I said, he does he doesn't like send me your send me your log every single day. Right. Like it's not like that kind of uh, relationship and the nutrition aspect. Yeah, well I think that would almost be like easier because, you know, like if you're traveling, especially with your significant other and they're not doing the exact same thing or they're not the ones really encouraging you to do it it's like they're probably just going to do the quick fix you know what i mean like grab the pizza grab the burger and then you become an inconvenience which makes it harder for you but if you're not an inconvenience because it's what's being done anyways then you know what i mean like it i feel like it would kind of equal out a little bit easier 100 percent. and he's very meticulous with it like he doesn't he doesn't really splurge and like go off his macros like at all it was like at thanksgiving when we were at uh his family's house for thanksgiving the whole family kind of like 
shocked and like stopped when Alex grabbed his tiny little slice of like this apple tart. Everyone was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Is are you are you ever gonna have this? Like you? And then it was like great because he um since he was like thirteen, he was doing Olympic weightlifting and would have salad for breakfast while everybody else is having like cereal. Like he doesn't <laughs> yeah. like doesn't enjoy cereal and it's ah. like so weird to me. And I love cereal. like I it's me too. I need a whole box. What's in it? Boom, done. <laughs> yep. And then I have milk left over, so I need more cereal to finish the milk. So like, all of a sudden I'm like a box and a half deep. But he's never had to go through that, and so and he just does it. He's like so good about it, and it's so easy when we're traveling because he'll just be like, no, I'm just gonna go to Whole Foods and I'm gonna like create this little meal. I'm just gonna do this. So it is because I'm being around friends, and it's hard. You know, socially going out with people who are just like not on the same uh, macro structure, or just not in the same lifestyle at all. Right. You find that people are just like, you know, like oh, like whatever, and it's hard because like people are like, oh, like oh, we get it. Like Danny's on her macros, and like I'm pulling out my little like container, and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's easy having a significant other who is even more meticulous than I am, right. more strict about it than I am. So it definitely is a it's a plus. Yeah, for sure. Totally. It's annoying, but it's <laughs> What What is the girls who eat club? Oh, okay. So, this is like my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see it all over your Instagram. Uh, so, Jessica Griffith and I just, um, we, were, we really hit it off at Granite Games when we did team, like, earlier this year. And we were just talking about, like, how much we love to eat. And... On the first day that, so we like kind of like, we chit chatted, we've seen each other at sanctional events. Um, we talked on Instagram and then finally we came together to do a team for Granite Games and we landed at the airport and we, that day, legitimately had Chipotle twice and we were both totally fine with it. We were so happy about it. And we like chilled out and we just like talked about food, probably for, if you put all the time spent talking about food on that first day, it was probably a good three hours, like just talking about food. And so we were like, it just kind of like became this thing like we were just uh, like walking into our second Chipotle and we we're just like, you know, like we're girls who eat, like we love to eat. And then it just like became a hashtag and it was just something that we use now. And I love the concept of like women like not being scared to enjoy food right especially by food publicly like it used to be kind of like a taboo subject for like a girl to eat more than a salad like on date night and it's like no i'm gonna I'll eat more than you and I'm i mean the steak no <laughs> <laughs> like yeah steak like i'm gonna order two actually you could just sit here and watch <laughs> like why you enjoy your salad <laughs> so it yeah i just kind of blossomed into this thing and now we um it just became like something that we associate with. We're actually, we have like cute little headbands coming out soon. That's like, awesome. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's becoming a thing. We'll get you a headband. Yeah, give me a headband for sure. Yeah, I noticed because my friend, uh, our friend Amanda, um, she like got invited into it in New York, right? She was like posting yeah. all about it. And, uh, mm -hmm. That's kind of how I actually like really noticed it for the first time. So now there's three of you. There's three of us, and then Alex, uh, he's like the guy who eats. He's like ah. really trying, like he's really trying to like get into the club. He's yeah. Like, where his you know resume is still like under evaluation. Right. He might be, but there would be an exception. Right. But. Are you guys accepting <laughs> applications, or is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just tag us, you know, in the story. Nice. Uh, like your biggest, your biggest, like juiciest meal. 
we'll we'll take it under consideration. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. What? Um, so what? What? Why does that like the girls who eat thing? Just to pick it apart a little bit more, like that, it's cool. You're right, and it is something I think that's like I can see is a bit more than just like a joke hashtag for you. Like, what does it really represent to you, and like why? Why is it something that you're kind of like into and passionate about? I just think more it goes along the lines of like body image. It's right. just uh, you know, women are women are beautiful, all shapes and sizes. And I right. think I think a lot of mainstream media did a really bad uh, job of doing the whole healthy body image thing. Not just in sense of like models now, you know, like back in the day were stick thin and had a lot of eating disorders. But even like mainstream stuff today, I think a lot of it is being more geared towards like body image, like you should be super happy with how you look no matter what, instead of being happy with what your body naturally would be. And I think it's causing a lot of unhealthy habits in a lot of people because there are, there is a lot of, um, there's an obesity problem, definitely, 100%. And I think a lot of mainstream media now is like so scared to talk about healthy weight that they're just like, no matter what you are or what you're doing, like, love yourself. Mm-hmm. Which 100%, you should love yourself, but there's a point when I think you should also be healthy. Right. And that's what we're trying to kind of convey is like, you can enjoy all these things. You can be a girl who eats, but don't be sedentary. Right. It's kind of we are girls who eat, but we also, we work our asses off and we earn these huge extravagant meals. So that's kind of like, we want it to be a healthier way, like eat, but healthy. Yeah, for sure. No, and it's cool because it's like, that is, I mean, it's a very like hard topic, controversial topic to talk about, especially as a guy, because like, you know, a lot of the, the pro body image stuff coming on is like, unfortunately it's been cast against women historically. And now it's like, the movement is very much towards being loving yourself and positive body image, which is amazing. But like where you kind of touched on it there, but like, where is that line between like when somebody is like, for lack of better terms, like is overweight to the point where like potentially it's going to make them unhealthy either currently or down the road or whatever, where is kind of that, that line you find between like being like confident and proud of yourself and whatever, whatever the, the descriptive factors are. And then, and then being like, oh, maybe I should make a slight change for myself, not for anyone else, but for my, like, where does that fall? Yeah. And it's, it's a difficult line. Like I do my own like nutrition coaching and it is like, it's difficult to sit down and have a conversation guy or girl when it's like, Hey, like I'm here to help, you know, but we're at a point where I'm concerned, not about body image, not about what you're doing day to day, but your health. Mm-hmm. And it's always hard to have that conversation. And I can definitely see why a lot of like media, like mainstream media especially, like doesn't even want to go near that topic. Even me and just like asking like, you that question, exactly. I'm like, am I going to get canceled? Like, I really, like, I'm carefully. Or... I'm over here, like, I'm going to like just get so much hate mail. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably be fine. You're a girl. I'm the one who like, I just started this YouTube thing. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but it is, it's like something that I think needs to have some eyes and I think needs to like draw some attention to like absolutely love yourself love what you're doing love your body love your you know love your internal like your personality love who you are as a person and then take a step back and say like 
I can love myself, but am I healthy? Like that's the only, that's really like the simplest way you can put it. Just yeah. like health, well, the body I, and health. And I think the love yourself thing, like really if you break it down, like it's, it's not about, it shouldn't be about body image. Like, yeah, you want to look in the mirror and be happy, but like loving yourself is more than that. It's also like loving yourself, caring about how you actually feel. You know what I mean? Like how you feel day to day. Can you do the things you want to do? Are your biomarkers okay? So you're living a healthy life. Like I think maybe that's where like the people in our world, like in the CrossFit world, kind of have that realization versus like in the in the mainstream world where it's just like they're not even going to touch it or go into it at all. It's just like no matter what, it's fine. Where it's like in the more health-centered world of CrossFit and fitness, it's kind of like, yes, it's fine from like a body image and no one's going to shame you for anything like that. But like, let's just take a look at like, do you feel good? Do you know what I mean? Can you do the things you want to do day to day? That kind of stuff. And like to touch on that, I actually heard Julie Fouché say something that was so profound that it just like, I sat down and like really had to think about it. And she was saying that a lot of people who, you know, aside from CrossFit, but just like the day to day person, have no idea how bad they actually feel. They just have no concept of mm -hmm. it. And that, like, I had to sit back and like really think about that. And it's true, because like nowadays uh, with me, like I expect to feel a certain way every single day, but so does the average person who might be a little overweight. It's like, this is what they've come accustomed to. So they have no idea really how bad they feel and how good they could feel if they would just tweak a couple things in their life. And it's just amazing, like, you know, you just, you get used to like what you like what you're supposed to feel on a day-to-day -day basis and it's hard to get out of that cycle sometimes mm -hmm. but yeah i like uh julie fouché said that one of her podcasts and i i did i had to take like a step back and i was like dang like how do you how do you talk to someone who's like no no, no this is this is how i'm supposed to feel yeah and it's like yeah it's weird yeah, totally. To bridge to bridge the little bit we were talking about the early come up in the sport and now we're kind of talking about the social media and body image side, like how, how has that all been for you? Like how has the jolt into this like whatever you want to call it, like CrossFit fame, this kind of like closed in community of people who are there and like very passionate about everything. How has that, how has that been for you? How has that journey been? For the most part, wonderful. People are very, very, very kind and supportive and loving and it's wonderful having fans and it's wonderful seeing fans at these different competitions. It's an it's a honor, it's like an honor, like go and like how people wanna to talk to you and they're interested in your life and they follow you on Instagram and you know, it's a really good aspect to have on top of being with a professional athlete. It's nice to feel support. But then again, you know, there's always the bad stuff, you know, the, um, the steroid talk, and, is that food? <laughs> That's food. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag girls who eat club. Hashtag girls who eat, so exciting, yay. Um, but there's always, like, bad stuff when it comes to, like, the social media. I think on an average, like, on average, you know, two, three times a week, I get, you know, like, the are you on steroids? Like, I know you're on steroids. Like, why don't you just admit it? And I'm like, okay. Um, and I get, you know, I get, I get sent awful pictures and I get asked for foot pictures all the time. Like, that's a big one right now. Foot pictures. Like, I know. Oh, man. Every, every girl I talk to, all the, all the CrossFit, but also just like influencers in like other spaces, it's all like so weird. It is. And, uh, it, it was like, <laughs> I got, the first time I got introduced to this whole like foot fetish thing, 
I had a person legitimately email me. They found my email and they set up, they found, they like created a whole LinkedIn account to where they were like K jewelers. And they're like, we're trying to go on this athletic, you know, commercial series. And we want just to like, and they were like offering like all these things. And I went up their name and like they created a LinkedIn K jewelers like site, like for themselves. So I was like, oh, this seems like pretty legit. So I like emailed back and I was just like, well, like I need some more information, like blah, blah, blah. And they were like, the whole email was like beautiful. And then at the very end, they were like, but to like really, you know, hire you and everything, we just need a couple photos of your feet. And then it got really like specific. They were like, so we need one angle of you scrunching your feet. And then I need one like with the arc of your arch. And then I need one of you like, and I was like, okay. <laughs> but went through like such extreme lengths and I was like, dude, like, so that was, that was how that went. But now I get them all the time. Um, and one time I was like so sick of it. Like it was uh, for some reason, it was a really hot day to ask Danny for pictures. Of feet. So it was like the sixth one that I got that day and was like, are you kidding me? Like, and I was just like, I was just like, I'm going to, I was like, whatever. Like Alex and I were like in bed and I was just like jokingly, I was just like, my video is this. If you send me $500, I'll And all of a sudden I had a notification that I had $500 in my Venmo. And I was like, I was like, hmm. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I like turned to Alex. And I was like, I'm going to need you to take a picture of my feet. So I did. I sent. I have sent one foot photo. So there's a fun fact about Danny. But Dude, I, you you can make bank on foot photos. I like, was like it's real? no, it's it's nuts. Like five hundred dollars for a photo. Like no, not even. Like you could go so much higher and so much. Girls literally have private Snapchats. That's just the feet. Like a private Snapchat for just foot stuff, and it like yeah. it's insane. It's crazy. It is yeah. crazy out there. Like the the social media side. Like <laughs> there are some days where I just like I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, what is what is what are people nowadays? Mm. But the majority of it is very wonderful and positive and wonder like just wonderful is like the word I'm going to use. Um, right. But yeah, there's always the nasty stuff. Yeah. How do you, so the one, and this is kind of like a world like I've kind of like just started to come into and learn, but like comment sections and I mean DMs, but I feel like a lot of the, the worst stuff kind of gets said in comment sections because it's less personal. Um, how how do you deal with that? Like mentally, like do you ignore it? Do you do you reply? Do you blast people? Like what what's kind of like your, for like just generally I, mean stuff? I honestly like don't, personally go through my comment section mm -hmm. if there's anything that I'm shown it's usually like a friend or you know someone being like have you seen this and my father my father frequents yeah. my comment section that's not like, good I'll get I'll get like a call from dad and I'm just like dad like you gotta stay out of there yeah <laughs> but I usually like stay out of my comment section yeah um if it's like at the top of my feed because usually like Instagram like shows you like your close friends or like, yeah. people you follow and I all respond to some of those Occasionally, like I'll just glance through and I'll see someone asking a specific question mm -hmm. and I'll like respond, but I really don't frequent my comment section all that much. I just find that, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm gonna leave really pissed off. So yeah. I just kind of stay away from it. I don't usually blast people. Uh, the only time is like usually in my, if I get like a DM that I just find like super disrespectful. I've only done it twice, like really. Um, and two of them, it was just like, I couldn't stand it anymore. One was, it was like the eighth time this guy had like sent me like nude photos and I was like, all right, well, you're going up on my story. Like, uh -huh. 
like I'm just gonna let like the my followers like take care of that and mm -hmm. I never got another one after that so I was happy with the results mm -hmm. and then another one was like it was just the situation where a guy kept like saying like really intimate like gross things in my DM and I finally like went and looked at his profile and he was recently married had like three kids it's the way. And, I like, and I was like and it had been like not just like one time it had been like a span so I did put him on my story and tag his wife mm -hmm. and I was like I'm gonna let that unfold um so and i got really mixed reviews from my followers like i had so many girls that were like yeah get him and the guys were like why'd you gotta do him like that and i'm like okay yeah <laughs> like all right you can defend him all you want but okay yeah <laughs> so i usually try like to stay out of it but there have been a couple times where i'm just it's like i've reached my limit on that yeah, day for sure yeah it's yeah. it's weird like it, it it's a weird world and like you know coming into it quickly i know you can relate to too it's like it, it all of a sudden it, it just like who is this person saying these things to me and it's like it's like it it feels like a person but it's almost kind of not because like 99 percent, no chance they would come up and say anything similar to your face ever even the people who are spitting hate it's like oh my god i'm such a big fan like so nice to meet you the same person that would talk crazy we'll crap online and just be like oh, she sucks. yeah and it's like it's weird too like you said with like the bio thing I, I put out a sticker the other day asking a question on my instagram story and someone replied with just like the weirdest response ever with like talking about crystal meth and like just random stuff and then i go i click on their profile and the first thing in capital letters is i love god and i'm like okay, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah like that was a surprise those are those are like honestly the ones that just like make me chuckle. Yeah. Like there was, uh, I had one like, was, she was like sixty years old and she like talked to me about how I was I wasn't feminine and I was like destroying the the vision of like what women should be and I should learn my place and like all this stuff. Uh. I was like, like who is this person? I went. It was like some grandma that like had nothing but pictures, like really bad angled pictures of her face and cats. Yeah. And I was like, oh, honey, yeah. like. <laughs> Like, let's just talk. Like, mm -hmm. let's just, Seriously. Like, let's just talk this out because you got, like, <laughs> something is going on. But it's just, it's always, like, and she would never on the street. She'd probably be so kind. And it's always, it's always things like that is Instagram and social media platforms nowadays have given people just, like, this false sense of security where they can just, like, say really cruel things as well. Yeah. It's a um, mask. It's a mask for a lot of people. And it's, like... A lot of people will use it as like an outlet too. like it, it's easy to say that like those people are really just like awful mean people but like a lot of them probably are honestly just like really sad people who like have no other way to like to, to get that out I guess or like no one to talk to or whatever and so like I don't know whenever I get stuff like that and whenever I see stuff like that like the first thing that goes in my mind is I'm just like I feel bad you know what I mean? Like genuinely, like that's not just like, I know it's a popular thing to say, but like I genuinely am like, I, I, I've i never commented on a YouTube video in my life. I don't watch Netflix. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. All I watch is YouTube. I watch more YouTube videos than anyone. YouTube is my life. I have never once commented on a YouTube video, positive or negative. So it's like the people who do that and take the time out of their day to do that, I'm like, like you don't have anything better to do. And like, you, you, gen know. you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I just, I generally, I just like, man, that sucks. It's, it's like the same thing that like you always like these things like I just take with like a grain of salt because it's usually like if you ever go and click on the profiles it's either someone who you can just like tell isn't a happy person or it's a profile that 
you know, doesn't even have a profile picture. And this is what they do, like, with their day. They just go and, like, hate on cool. anyone that they find. And it's like, that is such a miserable way to spend your life. And mm-hmm. so I just have to, like, I'm super happy. Like, <laughs> life is it's, so good. Exactly. So it's like, I just, like, I'll just keep going. I'll just keep scrolling. I'm like, okay, yeah. enjoy your day. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to chat about it too, because it's like, that's something again, like kind of recently I just made the decision. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to look at the comments on my YouTube videos because like, there's just like a lot of them are positive and like, I love that people are wanting to engage, but like, I think most of the people who like really follow me know that like, send me a DM and I'll reply pretty much every time. Like if you want to say something, have a conversation, like great. But like things like the comment sections is just like, even if you look at it and you're like, I'm not going to let this affect me. Like, every once in a while there's the one thing where it's like you were kind of wondering that and like maybe it's like a little self and you're like "Ah!" you know what i mean like damn it yeah and they say it and it just like it's just like that dagger Ah. in your heart and it's like one of those things that you carry around and like four hours later you're like god i know and yeah i've had those i've had those yeah yeah and it's you know like to some extent it's like okay well you have to be able and willing to like take especially in my in my space where like the creative is my job like obviously you're an athlete and like the social media creative is kind of like a part of that but it's not the main thing for me that's the main thing it's like being able to take criticism and take critique is good but like a lot of the time i'm just like i'm doing this because i love it like i'm making what i want to make and like if you don't like it don't follow me you know what i mean like like i'm not like i'm not out here trying to make like mr beast like tied up my friends together for 24 hours and they won 50 like i'm not trying to clickbait everything and like make the biggest bet is so like if you don't like it just don't watch you know what i mean or if you don't like it just don't follow me yeah just like an unfollow like that's like the the main thing is like there are people that are just like you know the things that they'll say i'm like like just go follow somebody go follow somebody else yeah. <laughs> why yeah. are you trying to ruin my day yeah totally <laughs> What do you feel shifting gears, staying on social, but shifting the gears a little bit towards you? Like, do you feel now, especially again, because your come up was, was fast and you have a big following now or whatever, like, was there any like new sense of like responsibility or anything with it where you were like, whoa, like I should make sure I don't do this or do this or talk about this or promote, like, was there any kind of like, I don't know, responsibility to all that that you felt? There was more, it was more opportunity than responsibility, but I felt a sense of, I can finally talk about what it was like to go from someone who was very, very subconscious, had a lot of self-esteem issues, was, you know, I didn't have a healthy body image, I was really negative with myself, I transformed myself, my body, my mind, and was able to come out into such a wonderful sport and wonderful way of life that I love to share that journey with a lot of people who I find are struggling with a lot of the same things that I used to struggle with. And so I found an opportunity to try to inspire a lot of people, women and men. And so I felt just a sense of almost like gratitude that I was able to so just distinctly be able to have a path that I wanted to take with my brand as an athlete. So I was really happy with that. The responsibility thing more came of, uh, I didn't want to ever promote like a negative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, any anything of that, like I just, responsibility just to like not ever promote anything that I don't believe in. So I never tried to, you know, partner with a company uh, for money purposes that I didn't truly believe in. So like 
that really uh, drove a lot of like my contractual things in the CrossFit space business-wise. So I felt a responsibility to be true to myself and be true to the people who respected me enough to follow my journey. So that's where that aspect came in. But mostly it was just like an opportunity to be able to help and inspire people. Right. Do you consider yourself a role model? I would like to, yeah. I would say um, that's definitely something that I'm trying to definitely try to be. I think there are a lot of definitions of like what a role model could be. Um, especially like nowadays, but I would, I would say definitely in some aspects. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what would be, what's your message? What's your brand? What's what, like, what are you then trying to influence with that? I just want to, I just want to continue to break down like boundaries and stereotypes when it comes to women. We don't have to just, you know, conform to be one thing. We can be really strong, but Mm -hmm. we can also be beautiful. We can be powerful and graceful. We can, be a professional athlete, but we can have a mind. We right. can run a business and run, you know, an athletic career. And I just always want to like just like keep breaking down those walls and just mine, you know, like mind the gap between men and women. And I think that's a big thing that I'm trying to do. And I think a lot of uh, the women in the sport are trying to do. And they're doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's really cool because like I think you guys specifically women in the sport of CrossFit have such a crazy cool opportunity because I would say it's like one of the main sports where like there is, I feel, and again, I don't know, I'm a guy, maybe I don't see it, but like I, I'm in the last, especially in the last couple of years, I am so much more excited to watch the women's competition than the men's. I pretty much ignored the men's competition for the last four years. Cause it's like, where do you know what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Get- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, cool. You know, and like, to be honest, like there hasn't really been that many cool races and whatever. And like, for me, it's like that, that has been way more interesting. And, it, and it's cool because traditionally in a lot of sports, like if you look at like the NBA versus the WNBA and, you know, the, like, you could go on, there's, there's a big gap, you know what I mean? Between viewership and between funding and all that kind of stuff. Whereas in CrossFit, it's neat because like the prize pools are exactly the same. The viewership is well, I don't know what the viewership is, but I'm assuming it's exactly the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's I think it's wonderful as well. Uh, and the women the women's competition is super fierce, and yeah. there um, there are it's exciting every single time. Even if there's a sanctioned event that I'm not competing in, there's always it's always like no matter who's competing, it's always kind of like a, a coin toss. Like oh I don't know, like I don't know who's gonna win this one. Um, and it's it's really interesting and it's exciting. It makes it fun to be honest with you, uh, especially as a spectator, but also as a competitor, because you just you got to be on top of it all the time. It's yeah, awesome. yeah, it's really cool. Um, what about so you touched on it before, but what about the business side of things? Like that's the other side of the brand, other than like deciding kind of like what you're going to represent and the message you want to promote. Like it seems like awesomely that you you're pretty on top of like that side of it and like you know the reality is is that when you get a platform you're always going to have the opportunity ability to monetize that platform and to create offsets from it to do other things that will obviously help you in your case be an athlete but also set you up a bit for life after an athlete so like what what has that kind of process looked like for you when you started to acquire this platform and have these opportunities so the having the following able to create the business that I do, like the fitness and the nutrition uh, business that I do. 
So I have fitness programs ranging from anyone who just wants to, you know, do some weight, get in shape, all the way up to my competitor's program, which is exactly like my daily log. So I have that, and then I have the nutrition, and everything generally was to continue to promote what I wanted to promote, which was healthy lifestyle, helping people. So having that platform just allowed me to more easily transition into that. And having that almost in like kind of like a back pocket, so when my body tells me it's time to stop competing, I'll have something that still keeps me in the sport that I've really grown to have a passion for. Right. And still do what I've always wanted to do, which was help people discover a healthier lifestyle. So that's been absolutely wonderful. The platform has definitely given me the ability to grow that brand and be able to turn it into a legitimate business. So I, yeah, again, it's just like another, like kind of like a shout out to the people who trust and respect me enough to follow my journey and trust and respect me enough to follow that business as well. So it's been, yeah, it's been wonderful. Do you consider yourself like entrepreneurial in nature? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, I created my own business, Dell Athletics, and it's, uh, we just acquired like an LLC, so it's, Dope. it's, congrats. Yeah. Was Thank that, you. was that a, I guess my question more is like, was that a byproduct of the opportunity or were you like a, like flipping Coke bottles in your locker at school kind of person? Like, have you always been like very entrepreneurial or has that developed? It's been a little bit of both. So I, I was on one path, like since I was three, I was like, I'm going to be a marine biologist. I'm going to go and play with fish. I'm going to go and save the oceans. And so it was a very one track path, but I wanted to do it in my own way. So I knew what I wanted to do. I wasn't creating my own, uh, like job in a sense, but I just wanted to like kind of loophole and get around like doing it my own way. Like I didn't want to do like the whole like research paper type of deal. I just wanted to go out and do it and like be like in the thick of it. Um, you probably don't follow her, but she, uh, Ocean Ramsey, like on Instagram, she like does like shark conservation and okay. she like created her own ability to do her own job and like through social media. And that's, and I found that and was like, okay, well, I found a love for this and like I'm just going to, you know, eventually bring it back to like a business standpoint. So, I think the entrepreneurial spirit more came from after I started CrossFit and realized that because of the way life is set up now and because of social media platforms, it's so much easier and there's so much more opportunity to create and label yourself in a job sense than it ever has before. You mm -hmm. can just make up a title and create an Instagram account and you can just like, <laughs> but like it's true and it's yeah. like it's completely legitimate yeah. and it, it's it's an amazing time to be alive like yeah. <laughs> like lack of a better uh, phrase but yeah um, you know the opportunities and just the ease of it nowadays if you have something that you're passionate about you know people can kind of dabble in this here and there and if you're not passionate about it it kind of really easily comes across if you're not good at it, it mm -hmm. comes across so as long as you like choose the right thing for you it's pretty it's easy to give yourself a business or give yourself a title and so i think it came yeah. from that from the crossfit but also just how life is nowadays it was pretty easy to be like okay i'm gonna do a business based upon this social media platform that i have gained mm -hmm. from this athletic career yeah so it was kind of a back process yeah that's sure. super cool because like that that's my entire brand like personified is like if i call it, like dream it do it is kind of like the slogan and it's like just the idea that like Literally, we are living in the craziest time ever. You know what I mean? Like 
anybody can be anything they want to do and you can monetize it literally anything like you could be obsessed with like civil war era muskets and like you could start a podcast talking about civil war era muskets and like you can gain a following and you can monetize it and you can flip them on ebay and like your whole world you know what i mean like even like what i'm doing right now like (laughs) if you would have told me like even like what 10 months ago that it would be a job like when I first started making videos, it was like iPhone, iMovie, and I got three views of vlog. I made like 200 videos, but it was like that you develop the passion and then you realize that now there are these opportunities to like, go do this, go do this, go do this. And it's something that like, I'm, I'm very passionate about sharing. And then like, when I deal with athletes who have platforms, like it's very interesting for me to see like you and me are yin and yang. Like this is great. Like this clicks easy because like very similar minded. But there are a lot of athletes I'll talk to who are like um, much less uh, either understanding or or passionate about capitalizing <clears throat> on on what they have right now with their following and their platform. And like to as much as you might have it, I think it does take a little bit of that mindset as well, which may or may not be able to be learned. Like whether you see these opportunities and you're like, okay, I'm gonna create this. A lot of people can't have a hard time creating something out of nothing and seeing the the vision, do you know what I mean? Without having it just like right there in front of them. So I think it's cool that you're able to kind of like see these opportunities and see that like this CrossFit thing doesn't just have to be your competition career. like you have the opportunity to create a lifelong setup for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, uh, again, it's like back to the whole surreal surreal feeling because it happens so fast. And I realized very early on, I think it was still like uh, before my individual regional debut where I was like, there are so many athletes who I have no idea what they're going to do when they're no longer competing. Mm-hmm. And I would talk to some of them and they're like, yeah, like I'll figure it out. And I like never, I never wanted that. I don't ever want it to be like, oh, I'll figure it out when it comes to my like future of my life. Like mm-hmm. honestly, when it comes to a lot of things, I'm like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Like, uh, oh, I'm leaving for the airport like tomorrow. Like, where are we going again? Like, yeah, I'll figure it out. Like, do you have a place to stay? Yeah, I'll figure it out. Like, that, I'm like very, very mellow when it comes to that. But mm-hmm. um, just security in the future to be able to continue to do what I love is something that I've always been passionate sure. about. I, I want to be able to do this for as long as I possibly can. And then when I have to stop, I can still do it in some kind of facet. So it was it was very early on where I was like I'm gonna I'm gonna ensure that I can continue and to live in this world for the rest of my life if I choose to yeah well and it's to be honest it's really cool that you saw it early on too because like I think that's probably part of the reason why you've had the success you have to this point with your businesses too is because like you didn't you weren't waiting until you were at this point where it was like like you're halfway through your career and now you have this following and now you're gonna start it's like right from the beginning and it's like i get it because like i'm the most like micro 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 of influencer possible like no influence influencer but like seeing where and like studying kind of like trends and like knowing where this stuff can go i'm able to see like okay like you know this this growth is amazing and like i hope it continues and if it does i'm going to do this 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 start this brand start this whatever to be able to continue this and and believe me i'm still learning all of it but like when you see it early on, you're much better able to like set yourself up and capitalize and honestly just like have the time to make mistakes. The The mistake thing is, is, is hugely important because it's like if you were to have realized all of this and again, this is, this is kind of the trend I'm seeing with 
athletes who are kind of on their way out. They have this like, they, they've started their career, they're doing the CrossFit thing, that's all they're focused on, that's all they're thinking about. They get their like whatever sponsorship deals, but then they get towards the end and they're like, oh crap, like I have this platform now, but in three years, like if I don't do something to expand myself out of the competition, once I'm out of competing for three to five years, the luster may be lost and I might not have the opportunity. So they're panicking. And then the, the, the reality is, is that like in order to build something, you're going to have a year, two years, three years of making mistakes and learning from them. Like that's just how, how this works. And if you start it so late, it's not that you can't do it, but like you're so much better set up now because you've had so much time to figure everything out. So by the time you hit the peak, you know, when you win the CrossFit games, you're going to have like everything so, so figured out for the business side of things that it's just like an easy, do you know what I mean? And that's, the, and that's absolutely the whole goal. And it is kind of funny, like, seeing... Because the way that everything is structured now in the CrossFit space, especially with the sanctioned events, athletes have the ability to really, like, capitalize on that. They get to be seen so much more. Mm-hmm. They have more leverage when talking to companies about, you know, what they're worth. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that a lot of athletes, like, actually overlook. I've talked to several people who, you know, really... I like I hate I hate to say it, but like companies really take advantage of athletes a lot. They if they give they they get away with free advertising, they do it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they have like a pretty generous amount of marketing uh, budget, yeah. and they don't have to spend it. They won't. And a lot of athletes just like don't realize that. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough that. You know, I was someone who in the beginning stages also was just like, oh, cool, like you want to send me this for free? Like, yeah, I'll like post on my like platform. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was just like the way things went. But fortunately, I had Alex who was just like, um, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're doing a job, yeah. jobs get paid. And yeah. so it was kind of like a like a light bulb in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn, <laughs> yeah. you're right. Um, and I think a lot of athletes like don't realize that. So then they get into these situations where they're doing a lot of stuff for free, they don't know their own worth, and then they go throughout their competitive career, and they, you know, now they're just, you know, they haven't built mm-hmm. anything, haven't had any companies to help build them, which is also something that I've really prided myself on, is I have, I have partnered myself with companies who are so invested in not only my current athletic career, but also, like, my future, and mm-hmm. it's amazing to really like find good people within this space to work alongside and help like yeah. build my and as well as my athletic career so yeah it, i've been truly like blessed in that sense um but it's it's shocking actually how many athletes don't have a uh even like a backup plan yeah. like if they were to break their leg tomorrow yeah. it would be a lot of a lot of panic yeah. <laughs> yeah totally it's just it's about it's about realizing that you can monetize and set up outside of just your time on the competition floor like your sponsorships are great but they're not it they don't have to be it you know what i mean like you can set up these other things as well but um going to the sponsorship thing i'm very interested to see like when the next wave of crossfit competitors come up so like people my age and younger like early 20s when they kind of start like breaking through and there's that new wave It'll be interesting because like the older generation, like the 29, 30 plus year olds that are kind of like on their way out now, like they didn't come up in the influencer marketing frame. Like they weren't, they weren't 20 when influencer marketing was a thing. You know what I mean? So like my people, my age and younger who will be coming up in the sport soon, like they likely have seen it, not necessarily through CrossFit, but even just through like 
people they watch on YouTube and stuff like that. Like influencer is now one of the biggest avenues for advertising for any company that has any brain. And and so a lot of people are, are able to see and compare and learn from what they see their other people doing that they follow. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes, like whether influencers or not influencers, I guess, but like CrossFitters who are now influencers, like if they're much more able to like manage that from the beginning because they have a better understanding of what they're worth in XYZ, like not just charging $50 for a story, but like, hey, no, like let's set up a, a deal, a contract, you know what I mean? And it's uh, it's funny because I've heard a couple um, I've heard a couple female athletes uh, get a little like offended when the term influencer like kind of comes into context. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, like I I see myself as you know a professional athlete, and I see myself as a a business owner. Mm-hmm. But I won't like I'm not naive to the fact that I'm also like considered a social media influencer. I know mm-hmm. it's not my main title, but it's definitely the reason why I've been able to. Uh, like monetize like mm-hmm. what I'm doing mm-hmm. and I think it's something that has been almost like now like because you have like the Instagram models and you right. have like that have that and I think a lot of like professional athletes don't want to be seen as influencers because it's almost like a like a <laughs> like a, a put down you're just like oh like no I'm not an influencer but to be honest with you it's like how it's how a lot of like money goes into play with yeah. these like, type of things and um, I think it just needs like that like extra little hump just needs to kind of like clear in a lot of like athletes minds it doesn't have to be what you're known for but you mm-hmm. have to understand that it, it is what you are in a sense yeah so. yeah totally and I mean I think you know to clarify the position too like influencer is not at least in my mind, you know, and, and generally like stepping outside of the CrossFit fitness spaces which is where a lot of people's whole mind is like the influencer is a big bubble. It's not just Instagram models. It's not just butt models or guys with six packs or whatever. Like influencer is like like a carpenter. Like there are carpenter influencers, guys who use like guys and ladies who make things out of wood who have a million followers. Like influence just means you have influence over an audience. The reason you have that influence is vastly different you know some people it's because they're an equestrian and they're they're they know a lot about horses and some people it's because they know a lot about history some people it's because they're really athletic but like that i i don't know enough really i guess from from that specific angle of like not wanting to be lumped in with with the influencers who are just like the photo influencers um but in general it's just like I see the word as just like, hey, like you you can influence people's decision and to brands for whatever reason you can do it, they're gonna align with that and it'll give you these business opportunities. Like seeing it as a negative thing is like, I don't know. To me, it doesn't really seem negative. Yeah, I mean, by definition, like influence, if you're doing you know good things, it has a very positive connotation. Yeah. So I think. Uh, like insta famous influencer i think it's just it, it's getting tossed around more for definitely sure. to the female side for sure it, it absolutely like the females get it like way more than the men for sure mm-hmm. but it is i think it's just something like again like the new age something they need to like accept especially in athletic especially in athletics because mm-hmm. eventually you can't you can't do it anymore it's just except for i don't know i really believe sam briggs is gonna be like 60 years old and still crushing the 20 yeah, year old 100 percent. Like so convinced 100 so like, 
I don't know, like, what's kind of going on. Like, mm-hmm. she's got the magic in her. Because yeah. she still kicks ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, besides her, everybody right. else. We're going to have a, a day where we have to, like, chill out. Right. Um, not her, but everybody else we <laughs> need <laughs> yeah, so. totally, totally. Did you see that um, the Nobel? You were in you were in New York for the Nobel um, yeah. Film Festival, right? And you saw the yeah. the Catherine Brook Kia thing because that kind of touched on something similar, right? That was like yeah, about Brooke, yeah, Brooke, yeah, Brooke did, and she got offended when someone called her insta famous, which I hundred percent right would also be like, uh, uh-uh. mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. don't group me into like that uh, that category. Um, but yeah, I think she said like perfectly that she's a professional athlete because mm-hmm. she is. Mm-hmm. That is one hundred percent who she is, um, and that's who she is in a lot of people's minds. I mean, obviously, like works out a lot. Like she she did CrossFit, competitive CrossFit, like still finishing school, which mm-hmm. is like super admirable. Um, but there are a couple people who get really like touchy with like the influencer word. Uh, but Insta Famous, I think, is totally, totally different. Like, I would, I would get mad as well. Like, when Brooke touched on that in her video, right. 100%. Right. Why, just because uh, I don't know, why, why is that? Why does that, that lack of separation, um, why is that bad? Why, why does that upset people, I, do you think? I think, especially, like, coming from a female, especially one who's trying to promote, you know, that women aren't just, like, they don't have just one role. I think when someone tries to categorize us as insta famous or anything like that, a lot of times if you went and talked to random people on the street and you asked them like, who do you know who's insta famous or who do you see as you know an Instagram mom, you know all this kind of stuff, you start thinking like Kardashians. You start thinking people who legitimately are known for an aspect of their body, sure. not their athletic ability, not their mind, not their intelligence not you know anything that like truly matters to a lot of us you know mm-hmm. our competitive drive our hard work our late nights our businesses that we run you know they, all these things that we're super super proud of and then all of a sudden we're deemed as you know like a pretty face or oh she has a really nice butt or mm-hmm. you know something like that where you're just like you have no idea like the depth of my soul and my knowledge and my hard work and how dare you try to put me to a category of honestly some people who literally are known and what they have going for them is a face. Right, yeah. And so it's like one of those things where, you know, we don't want to be categorized or like grouped into that because there is just so much more Mm -hmm. to us, especially I think in the female CrossFit space, like the dedication, the hard work, the commitment, the things like on top of CrossFit that a lot of these athletes are doing isn't just incredible. And if you just sit down with them for five minutes, you would – understand why any female usually in the top of the CrossFit space would be very offended if like they were grouped into an insta famous absolutely yeah and I mean for context here I'm interviewing devil's advocate <laughs> I I totally understand <laughs> this and I'm like <laughs> I'm not here bashing no I know you're not I'm just nervous about the comments I might get but I'm just yeah I'm trying to I'm just trying to get you to to give your point but um yeah so I I get it um, on again to play, I guess a little bit and just stimulate the conversation a bit more. Like wh- on that side, though, where where do you find then? Because speaking of business opportunities, X Y Z. Like if you if someone was to be very passionate about that topic to the point where they were maybe like, you know what, I'm just not going to do Instagram anymore. I'm not going to put myself out there in that way. I'll do a YouTube channel where I post all my workouts where does that that trade-off happen i guess between like 
you know, not wanting that, that social fame, but also needing it to help promote yourself in your career and all that. Like, do you know what I'm, do you know what I'm getting at there? I think there's a, there, there, it's a kind of like a fine line, but I also think that, you know, we can be like so much more than like the whole it's a famous thing. But aside from that, if you want to do this and you want to monetize off of it, you also have to be intelligent enough to realize that you need to appeal to the masses. You can't just appeal to CrossFit. You got to appeal to a lot of different categories of people to be able to have like a certain following, a certain base that people are interested in. And which is something that I love. I love being able to talk to people who not have like no idea about CrossFit, who don't care about CrossFit, but they maybe care about like strong women who are influencing women to be, you know, who they are and be proud to be a strong woman or proud to be an intelligent woman, you know? So it's, it's more of like just understanding that there are some photos and videos that might, you know, if people are scrolling through a discovery feed, might catch someone's eye who you wouldn't initially, you know, have as a follower. Mm -hmm. But they click on one photo that they're intrigued of or a video they're intrigued by and all of a sudden they're scrolling through your feed and they realize that you, they have similar thoughts or they like your brand, they like your style and now you're just like, you're gaining more and more traction. And so I think you have to be smart in the way that you advertise yourself Mm -hmm. and you can definitely do it in a lot of different ways, but you also can make sure that you break out of the mold that you're not just, you know, this one category. But I think to monetize anything, you have to, you you know, for lack of a better term, you have to be interesting Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to talk with a lot of people about a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you just like, I think like stay true to yourself, you can break out of that mold, but you are going to have to, uh, advertise yourself a certain amount to be able to do what you're like saying to have that following to be able to do what you want to do um and honestly like youtube is a great way to to like do it uh videoing workouts but honestly not a lot of people outside of the crossfit space will watch a crossfit workout unless there's like a preface that you know, hooks them in or it's like a whole day type of thing where they get to see this really badass athlete, like what they mm-hmm. do on a day-to-day basis. And then there's the workout. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you got to do it in a way that will still intrigue the non-crossfitter. Yeah, totally. And like, that's, you know, that's something too, that is, is really neat again to hear you say, because it's like, there's, even if you just like the fitness, if you look at YouTube, or you look at Instagram, like the fitness space is still technically a niche. CrossFit is this very small niche inside of that niche. A needle point. <laughs> a needle point. You know what I mean? And so it's like realizing that like there there is a there is a big old audience out there that like you can do everything you want to do that you're currently doing in the CrossFit space. Empower women, positive body image, the nutrition, all that kind of stuff. But like there's a whole grouping of, of people out there who if you didn't step outside just posting PR lifts, you might never get, you know what I mean? Like you post a a video of you just talking about your nutrition or just like talking about a a struggle you have in your day, like whatever. Like there's, there's a lot of things that people can relate to that, like you said, if it doesn't come up in the discovery feed and have more of a general appeal, you're just limiting your ability to motivate people or inspire people or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. You just have to be multifaceted, especially in the Instagram, social media platforms nowadays. Mm-hmm. You just 
unless like you are, you know, honestly, unless you've like won the CrossFit Games, like there are going to be several, several, several categories of audiences that will not know you exist. Um, so it is, and it, a lot of time, you know, like a lot of the traction is because, you know, like bigger companies, Reebok, Nike, also advertises these people. So unless you have someone who like has a lot of influence like that, also promoting your brand and your page, you need to not just be one thing, which I think is a wonderful thing as well. Yeah. It makes people branch out. <laughs> yeah, well, and it lets, you, it lets you do what honestly is gonna create the most traction online, which is be yourself and express yourself and your personality. Like realize that you don't have to just be your big lifts and your highlight reel workouts, that you can literally be just yourself. Like set up an Instagram live and make jokes, like whatever it is that you, that, that is just raw and true to you. Because like, I'm sure you've seen it, but like from an engagement perspective, when people post really edited, really well put together photos and videos, normally the engagement is less than when you just post a picture of you and your boyfriend smiling and that's raw, you know what I mean? Because people can relate to things more when it's like real and that your personality is showing through. So it's like, it's cool because a lot of people don't realize that you can just be yourself and like people will attach to that, you know? It's also just like kind of being real. Yeah. A lot of times, you definitely like celebrity celebrities and then like these very, very tiny uh, grouping of people who are CrossFit celebrities. Sure. They, they, I mean, it seems like we're put into this category of things that are like unreachable and we're not human. And so some of the best traction, some of the best feedback uh, and activity I get on my page is when I'll do you know, like stories, like they can ask me questions or when I'm like legitimately posting something that like I did not do well in. And like people love that, they love the realness of it. And like that's something that I think uh, is just, I think it's wonderful because people truly are attracted to genuine stuff, which is awesome, I think. It just makes it easier for you to be like who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I have to like, be a picture perfect person or a picture perfect athlete, picture perfect businesswoman, picture perfect woman mm -hmm. in general. Like I'm human, I'm gonna make mistakes, I like mess up and not everything is like beautiful and 100% right all the time. But people love that and they're attracted to it. Yeah, well it's, it's how you create longevity too with your businesses and your following because it's like, like people, if it's only highlight reels, if it's only big lifts and, and barbell complexes, then once that's gone, people will know nothing else and they'll have nothing to be attached to. Whereas if you're able to like, and like this is a big thing I'm going through too with like the channel is like, I I love the day in the life videos. I love all this stuff. Like this is documentarian, long form conversations is like 100% a passion. But like for me to do this long-term, like I, I need to be able to set it up so that like, hopefully people slowly start to just like watch whatever I put out, regardless if it has a big name athlete in it. You know what I mean? And like, it's the same thing with that is it's like people, the more you put out that's raw to yourself, you're going to have this little trickle effect of people who like, don't just come for the best photos and the best lifts, but literally they just like you. They're just fans of you as a human, not as a CrossFitter, not as uh, anything else, influence or whatever. They're just like, you're an awesome person. And like that attachment is what creates longevity. And it also is a big, what helps like convert through things monetarily and otherwise, you know? So. Yeah, it's, like you said, like the trickle effect is this like if it's just always a highlight reel, like oh, like PR snatch, like you know, running across the finish line, first place. 
there's like so many of those and people are like, oh, okay. But then you get into the, maybe the nitty gritty part of really hard work and like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, like this is how much time she spends in the gym. He spends in the gym. This is what the training looks like, blah, blah, blah. But then there's like that next tier down of just like human stuff. Like yeah. that's why I am so passionate with like Jessica about like the girls who eat stuff. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. it's, it shocked a lot of people that, you know, such high level CrossFitters who are so disciplined in their, you know, nutrition can enjoy food probably even more than the average human. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, you know, letting out the real is is also like I think super important, which is something that I think that like, you're doing really well in as well is just like getting into like the actual real stuff and it's not just like we're not just talking about um, like this sanctioned event that I did really well in this event, you know, so it's it's something that attracts people hundred percent. So no, I appreciate it. That's it's hundred percent my my interest too is just like yeah it's it's like you guys are are people like very interesting people but people and like i know that like audience wants to see some of the things to do with crossfit but like this is stuff that they probably have never heard or would otherwise never and that's kind of like my goal is to like show and be able to give platforms to like speak on the things that like you otherwise wouldn't because like i don't know i get bored just doing crossfit 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, to be honest, even as a you know professional CrossFit athlete, I get tired of talking about CrossFit, 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 CrossFit. CrossFit. Yeah. It's actually something that I got into an argument with my father about because you know stereotypical like wonderful father found out I'm passionate about something, mm-hmm. tried to learn everything he possibly could about <laughs> it's one thing, and now it's always you oh. know like for a long time the only conversation we would have or any kind of text I would get would be like, hey, what do you? Like, what did you get on this workout? Or, like, if I asked you to do this, like, how fast do you think you could go? And, like, it became a point where I was like, Dad, like, <laughs> can we talk about, like, have you read a good book? <laughs> yeah. So, and it was, like, one of those things where even, like, my own family had to, like, learn that even though this has become, like, my passion and my job, like, I, there are a lot of times, like, I don't want to talk about CrossFit. And there's, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of funny because you always see, like, the memes on Instagram where it's, like, you know, like the panicked face, and it's like when you're at a family gathering and no one wants to talk about CrossFit. But I couldn't be more different than what we are. Like we want to like uh-huh. be normal, and so it's just it's like one of those funny like alternate like realities almost. Like people are shocked that we like don't want to talk about CrossFit, and mm-hmm. we're like totally okay with like not having a CrossFit conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot more to people that do CrossFit than CrossFit for sure. Yeah. Despite how all inclusive it can be. I know, right? <laughs> I know there's a lot more to buy than these sleeves. Yeah. Uh, um, what? So, social media side of it, your life is very public, obviously, and you control to some extent how much of that is out there. But one thing in specific, having, um, and it's an interesting topic I find, but like having a public relationship, how has that been? Because like I know a lot of the time. People who have have platforms and big followings will maybe choose to hide that for. Marriott reasons whatever it is whether it be they just want to keep personal personal or whatever but like how has that been because obviously um your your boy, boyfriend boyfriend yeah. boyfriend is such an integral part of your life so it makes sense why you share it but like how has that that been uh for me it hasn't really it hasn't been anything that I really like thought of um also you know to salute to Alex is he's very much like a understanding and easygoing guy to where like when the inappropriate comments, like all these things, like he's not someone who's like up in arms about it. Like right. it's something that we can laugh about together. 
And I think if he was a different person, it might be a little harder um, in that aspect. But there hasn't been anything where it's like, oh, like I wish I could hide this. Because um, like you said, I can choose what I can and cannot share. Like I decide if I want to post something. But it's also been great like bringing him like along with me like for the ride. Uh, the and it's like we find humor in it a lot. The one thing it was, um, I still kind of, I still kind of get it is. You know, one of my best friends, closest friends, is Alex Smith, mm-hmm. and we we go on trips together. We're actually trying to like do this whole video series together, and so like I travel and see him a lot, and vice versa, and we're together a lot. And it's it's almost kind of like a nice thing because people will come to Alex's defense and be like, "How can you do this to Alex? Like, like don't you love him?" And like they'll like send him like if I like post a picture of me and Alex. <laughs> Alex and be like, do you see what your girlfriend is doing? And it's like, yeah, like I'm there as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of it's like uh, it's funny, um, but in any sense, it's not anything that I found that I like personally needed to hide. Mm-hmm. I I love having Alex like in the public eye as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big, if not the biggest reason why I've been so successful in not only my athletic career but also my business side. He's awesome had a lot of guidance and a lot of input and a lot of things that I've done and he's the reason why I got my nutrition and my programming like under control and so it would be almost um like almost like a fake life for me if I was doing stuff where I was not sharing him right. and like sharing sharing everything with him so for me it hasn't been like a like a major like thing that I've ever wanted to hide or anything like that mm-hmm. no that's awesome how, what about the mental health side of all this? Like from the, we talked about it earlier, but like the comments and all that kind of stuff and like, you know, running the businesses, but also the stress of competing. Like there are a lot of, a lot of things on your mind, I'm sure on a daily basis that are going like, do you, how have you dealt with things like, like burnout and making sure you're able to focus on the things you need to focus on and just like overall being happy and positive? The, the mental aspect of, this whole life is definitely, I think, the thing that is, everyone's still trying to like almost figure it out. And like last year, I I did a lot of events and I traveled a lot and I did a lot of individual events. And I found that like the stress of it just built up so much that honestly leading up to the games, like this year, um, about a month and a half, like the month and a half of training before the games was probably like my worst training all year. I was mentally just like, I'm ready for the season to be over. I've like done so much. Um, so this year, changing all things, not doing as many individual events. I'm actually doing some team stuff because it's it's really it's just so fun, um, especially with the team I do team events with. Uh, they're a good group of people. But handling everything is more like I again have to kind of like tip my hat to Alex because he helps a lot. Um, I don't have to worry about like if I'm doing. The right programming or if I you know feel overwhelmed he understands like everything that I'm going through so it's it's easier to kind of adjust and he travels with me so traveling becomes a little easier in that aspect he kind of like makes sure that everything like goes smoothly so I lean on him a lot um, in that sense but definitely like, the mental aspect of everything like trying to keep everything in order is definitely the toughest part of this life that I found but it's so much easier when you look at it from even like an outside view or like just kind of take a step back. And 
the stress I might be feeling right then and there in that moment, let me just take a step back. I get to do something that I love every single day of my life and oh, I'm like really tired from all this traveling, like oh, I have to go to Dubai, I have to go to like, like it makes, you know, it puts everything in perspective mm -hmm. and it's almost like, you know, like you just suck it up. Like, right. yeah, sure, I feel a little bit of stress right now, but like you have such a good life right. and I'm so incredibly happy every single day with what I get to do on the competitive side, but also on the business side, helping people talking with my clients. So that honestly, just putting everything in perspective really helps with like the stress mm -hmm. is, you know, like bad days are going to come regardless of who you are and regardless of what you do. But you know, just look at your overall life. Like, are you happy? Are you doing something that you love? And it's like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to chill out. I'm going to go eat something mm -hmm. and I'm gonna, like, <laughs> yeah. calm myself down and I'm going to, I'm going to get back to work. Right. <laughs> so it's a, I think it's just like perspective is a lot of things that help us the mental aspect of everything. Where does the line then come between like where, cause you had mentioned like you look at it and you're like, Oh, like I get, I'm traveling to Dubai. Like I'm stressed about that, but I'm traveling to Dubai. So it's fine. Like, do you ever find that there's like a point where it, you, you justify your feelings to, well, I'm living this, this goal, glamorous glorified life that so many other people would want to live so I, I should be happy I must be happy and you ever feel like that maybe overpowers how you're actually feeling uh no honestly no because I, I do I, I'm pretty good I think with like tuning in with myself and if there's like some time where I just like need some some me time if I feel like I'm actually not going to compete this month or I'm going to like take some time just to do this. Um, I'm going to take some time off. Like for example, like I knew after the game there was a really quick turnaround from the Open. So I was like, I it's stressing me out a little bit right now, but I know that I'm going to feel better if I can secure a spot to the CrossFit Games through the Open rather than like having, having to travel to sanctioned events. So I continue to work really hard like after the Games, qualify through the Open, and now I see you know, like if I want to go to the sanction event, I can. And so I try to like set myself in up in ways to where I can mitigate stress. And so if there's like a time where I said I was going to go to this event, but I really don't feel like it, like I feel no pressure at this point. And so it's like, I'm going to take uh, some time. And right after the open, that's when I took time off. Like I went and enjoyed, you know, family time. I traveled to New York, I traveled to Boston for Thanksgiving. And I wasn't in the gym a whole lot. And I was in like in London. I a lot of people like I've talked to a lot of people. I indulged in so much food, and it's like such a good self time, like a self care time for me. And I'm never afraid to take that time, the like the me time, and like I need to do this for my mental health. Right. So I think if you can just like tune in with yourself and like know when it's becoming too much, it's you never get so like wrapped up into it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you don't get too wrapped up in like, oh, I said I was going to do this, but it's better for me to do this, mm -hmm. then I don't think it becomes a problem. But I know that there are a lot of outside factors, sponsorships, you know, public influence where a lot of athletes probably feel like they have to do more than like maybe what they want. Yeah. Um, it's like qualifying. They may feel like they have to do more sanction of this than they necessarily want to. Um, and that's like something completely different. But for me in my setup in my life, I just tune in to myself and just say like I need some time yeah what advice would you give someone who who maybe doesn't know how to do that who, who finds themselves 
either as an athlete or whatever other pursuit where it's like they're doing something that they feel they should be happy in but there's aspects they're not like how how do you course correct how do you identify these things and move past i guess specifically as an athlete might be the easiest way to talk about it but i if there's ever like a point where like it doesn't just become like one bad day in the gym one bad you know like occurrence it's like one bad workout but if you're finding that on a consistent basis that you're unhappy more than you are happy then it's time to like make a adjustment in the course that you're taking and a lot of times it's like it can be really really scary if you're on a certain path and then you find that you're not happy on that path anymore but you've created a comfortability in the path that you're already on it's really hard to break the mold and be like i'm going to try something else or i'm going to do this or i'm going to take this month off even though all of the other CrossFit community says that I need to be training this month. I just think you really need to just, if you don't know how to tune into yourself and like mitigate your own like stress and happiness, then I think you just need to be honest with yourself mm -hmm. if you know you are having more bad days than you are having good days. And then at that point, then you need to like make an adjustment and you know, talk to other athletes, talk to people that you're close with. Um, again, it's wonderful having Alex because I can like vent about all sorts of stuff with him and he understands where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just like the main thing is just like you got to look at your own happiness and just be honest with yourself. And I think that's like the biggest thing is like a lot of people can't be honest with themselves. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of people get so, so caught up in like, you know, let's say they're, they're very close to making it to the games and you know, they're really trying, but they're, they're really burnt out and they really don't want to have to travel for another sanction and they really don't, but they're like, I got to do it. I got it. It'll make my sponsorships better. It'll make this better. Make that. But it's like, I don't know. The thing I try to tell people is just like, what if you get hit by a bus tomorrow? You know what I mean? Like you could, you could walk outside and you get hit by a bus and it's all over. And if you're constantly pursuing something in the future and making yourself miserable in the present, like, you know what I mean? Like happiness is, is the only thing that should matter. Yeah. And it's also about, you know, again, it's like the longevity yeah. of happiness. Exactly. And longevity, longevity of health. And it's like, yeah, you could like maybe push yourself to do something right now. But let's say you push through this like burnout that you're feeling right now. You travel to two sanctioned events and the travel really, really kills you. Your body's feeling like terrible. You're mentally out of it. And then you go and like, honestly, a lot of athletes traveled to the CrossFit Games this year and ran 400 meters and got cut. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like if you, you know, burnt yourself out so much and you fried your body so much to where like maybe that was the performance you were able to give when you knew you could do more. Like, how disappointed are you gonna be when maybe you could have just taken the rest of this year off? crushed it the next year and went and podiumed at the games. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, but again, like if you got hit by a bus, like, and you maybe sacrificed a lot of stuff, like you knew that you wanted to, you know, put more time and effort into like your personal relationships, your friendships, but you're mm -hmm. like, no, I have to go to this sanctioned event. And then you get hit by a bus and you're like, well, now all my friends are mad at me because I didn't even pick up their phone calls. Yeah. Like, well, you know, with that balance. Like, yeah, and it's a tough, it's a tough thing because the narrative so much now, like entrepreneurship is so sexy in pop culture now, and like everybody is like grind, grind, hustle, hustle. Wake up at five a.m. My morning routine, blah. And it's like people get so caught up in these trends and in these things that they think are going to get them to where they want to be, 
and they just completely forget about why they're doing what they're doing and you know a lot of the time especially if it's something you started out of passion like i just love doing crossfit i love competing keep loving it then like you know what i mean like don't don't let the influence and pressure of feeling like you need to do something else or be someone else or do what someone else is doing impact the fact that you're just loving life yeah and i think people uh they get neurotic about the grind oh yeah and yeah, yeah. It, it's like are you okay so personally for you being happy are you happy waking up at 4 30 in the morning for the grind are you happy staying in the gym till 10 p.m for the grind are you happy doing this are you happy traveling like for that like it's just like you know, are you like you just like stop like feeling like you have to do something because mm -hmm. society or because people on Instagram and like that's the whole thing. People are always posting on Instagram like mm -hmm. work harder, do better. Like I came from this because I worked three years weekends mm -hmm. and like worked two jobs and I came from nothing and I did this and it's like, all right, well like that worked for you. Right. That was your bread and butter. That was your secret sauce to get where you are. But like, that doesn't mean that that's going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. and, and I just think a lot of people get caught up, especially like with social media, with everyone telling them like, you have to do better. Yeah. You have to work harder. You yeah. need to do it, you know, this way. So I just, I think, yeah, the whole like the grind, like the whole stereotypical like, you know, you got to grind for it. I think it's become almost like a negative thing nowadays. Yeah. It's like. It's become almost like a dangerous connotation to like put someone on like you gotta do this, and it's it's making a lot of people just like not happy. <laughs> well, totally, yeah, and it's it's funny because it's having the opposite effect originally intended on mental health and stuff like that. Is like instead of pushing people to to step outside of their comfort zone to do something that's going to make them happy, it's doing the exact opposite. Like it's forcing people to feel like they need. Some people just love being a nine to five accountant. Like some people are so happy sitting at their desk, doing the same thing every day, living for the weekend, and they're happy. Like people forget that like, that's all that matters is just being happy. And like, you know, to tie into the CrossFit side of it, maybe some people are just so stoked being the fittest person in their gym and doing well in the open, but they really hate traveling and they like their job that they don't want to have to quit. So like, but like, why do you feel the pressure to do some like, some people are just happy where they are and like this, the culture of, of, of trying to always like, it's easier than ever to get famous now too with like social media and everything. So like everyone feels that pressure too of like trying to grow an audience and do this and do that. And it's that tying of the entrepreneurship and the social light that like is driving people nuts. Literally. Yeah. Like literally nuts. And it's literally. Like funny. Uh... <laughs> Like even like Alex, like we did team regionals, and he he is someone who like loves to be competitive, like loves to compete in the sport of CrossFit. But he found that he really loves like his job. He's in the computer industry. He does you know things that are like way over my head, um, computer programming stuff like that. Uh, but he also found a love for the coaching side of it. He loves coaching me in sanctioned events, and he loves the mental challenge of you know the programming aspect of it. And he found that a lot of pressure was coming from around like the athletes around us, like, oh, like, no, we have to be the best. We have to do this much in the open. We have to do this and this and this. And it became kind of, I think, a little stressful for him. And then he found like a love of something else. And he's just so, like, so easily just like diverted. It was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And like, I wish, you know, it's like something that I wish everyone could learn from. Mm -hmm. It's just 
don't just because you're on like a certain path doesn't mean that you can't you know like divert a little bit um because you could just be so much happier and so and like so many people again like back to the thing is like they've been on this nine to five and they're told that they need to be there an hour early if they want this promotion they have to stay an hour late if they want this and so they're doing this job that they're so miserable in like for much longer than they need to be doing it when if they would just like sit back and like be honest with themselves about how happy they are they could they really like put some brain power into it they could most likely find like a different avenue that would if it's like money they're worried about they could make them the same amount if not more money mm-hmm. and they'd be so much happier yeah and it's just people don't like the thought of even like discomfort or yeah. uncertainty yeah. to where they'll just they'll just be miserable for the rest of their life because mm-hmm. they just didn't uh, they didn't want to like break a little bit out of the mold or just take a little bit of a risk yeah i love it that is literally everything i'm trying to share like that is the message i am crazy passionate about is like helping not helping but like showing people they can do that because like it's yeah. it's crazy we talked about it earlier it's easier than ever like you can yeah. you can literally do anything now just give yourself a title and make an instagram page <laughs> seriously. <laughs> seriously seriously but Anyway, I mean, I think I think that's an awesome place to end it. That was really, really cool. That was a really awesome conversation. So thank you yeah, for this was wonderful. Sitting down. I, I enjoyed this conversation as well. Good. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no problem. I'll. Uh, we gotta I'll, get you down here yes. in the sunny, in the sunny weather. Yeah. So one day, one day. Yeah, for sure. I we'll make it happen. Not like scary. Yeah. No, don't worry. This was this was me just vetting you actually, and now now I think you're oh, okay. so yeah the now. Okay. Yeah, this was the interview process. So. I didn't like bring a bring a resume or anything. I have to like email that to you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you the deets later. Don't worry. Okay. 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 Cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me and. Uh, yeah, of course. Talk it to you. It was wonderful, like meeting you. Yeah, like, I guess our so. Little, it's our meet cute, is what I think they call it in the in the film industry. Meet cute. There you go. Right. I cool. learned that from uh, a Christmas movie, The Holiday. That yeah. I such a great movie. I was literally just trying to put my finger on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cameron yeah. Diaz, right? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Jude so Law. Yeah. All right, y'all. That is going to conclude the first episode of Inside the Life of. Let me know what you guys thought. Let me know if you enjoyed it. Let me know how you think the conversation went, things you'd like to know more about all of that jazz this is going to be something i'm going to be able to do on a much more consistent basis um it's a series that is very much something i'm passionate about putting out and something i, I hope you guys are going to enjoy and, and i plan to be able to utilize this platform and this ability to do it from a distance to be able to reach and connect with a lot of athletes i might not be able to in the day in the life series or at least as frequently um you know by doing these episodes these videos with athletes it does definitely doesn't mean i'll never do a day in the life video with them in fact it probably means i will at some point because i already have the connection um but it's just a cool way for me to get in touch with a lot of athletes that otherwise i may not be able to or may take more time and it's just another way to to bring across some content to y'all so i hope you enjoyed it if you did be sure to scroll down hit that subscribe button for me i can't tell you how important it is for me to be able to keep making these videos for y'all so if you are enjoying them please 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 go hit that subscribe button and i will see you in the next video and with the top down, yeah I'm with my shorty, she gon' drop down, yeah I'm on a high, I'm feeling way up, yeah I'm in that new fit looking laced up, yeah We living facts and I know some people probably acting fake right now We could give a fuck about what you say right now